0: Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you will use this city as a tool of witness in the lives of those who are struggling to live godly for you. I pray that it will bring deliverance and set the captive free. Lord, as it goes beyond the prison walls, the highway and byways, that it will compel those to come unto you. Lord, those that are struggling, that they'll begin to live victoriously. And Lord, when that race is over and it is all finished, Lord, they can come unto you and you will say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: If you really believe that, can I get me just some unsolicited praise? I mean, if you really believe it, if he's, he's really come through you in the... For you in the clutch I'm not going to be your spiritual cheerleader this morning either you got it or you don't either he is or he ain't but if he's able you ought to just give him some glory and some praise in this place hallelujah we bless your name today Lord I would like to invite your attention to a couple of passages of scripture in the book of Genesis, the 17th chapter, verses 1 through 2, then we'll drop down 4 through 6. And then I'd like to invite you over to the book of Numbers, the 23rd chapter, verse 19, and then we'll end with a New Testament scripture. Romans four eighteen through 21. And if you're here today and you are physically able to stand on your feet, nothing impairing you, I would that you would stand for the reverence of the reading of the word of God. And if you're here again, you don't have a source of the word of God. I'm quite sure one of those neighborly neighbors next to you would allow you to look on with them. If you have Genesis, the 17 chapter, verse one through two, say amen. amen. Now, we're going to ask that you would read this silently as I read this aloud in your hearing. In Genesis 17, one through two, the Bible says, and when Abram was 90 years old and nine, in other words he was 99 the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him I am the almighty God walk before me and be thou perfect in other words be upright in your living for him he said and I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly drop down to verse 4 and as for me Behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Everybody say, many nations. nations. Then he says, neither in the fifth verse shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations, everybody say, "Many many nations, have I made thee, and I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make thy nations, I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. Also Numbers, the 23rd chapter, and drop down to the 19th verse. In Numbers, the 23rd chapter, I want you to Not only read it, but I want you to allow this particular scripture to resonate in your spirit. Numbers 23 and verse number 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the Son of Man that he should repent. Have he said, and shall he not do it? Or have he spoken? And shall he not make it good? In other words, has he made a promise and failed to keep it? In Romans 4, 18 through 21. Romans 4, 18 through 21. Who against hope believed in hope. Isn't that something you you're hoping for something and all of a sudden all natural hope is gone. And and then you have no other recourse but to have hope now in what God said he would do. That's where we find him right here. And against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. Everybody say many nations. According to that which was spoken so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what he had promised He was able also to perform. Eternal God, once again, we find ourselves gathered in this place, Lord, needing a word from you. We need to hear a word from you because if we don't get a word from you, Lord, we won't know what to do in our present situation. So, God, we come humbly before you and we are seeking your face. We're seeking, Lord, that you would, Lord, hear the cry of the people today. Know their hearts, oh God, and know exactly what they need. Now, Lord, as far as your servant, I, Lord, submit to you, I can do nothing without you. So, please lend me your anointing because it's through your word, that anointing, Lord, that yokes will be broken, chains and fetters will fall off. And when all of these things are said and done, and somebody comes to a place where they're tired of being sick and tired of sinning, they're ready, Lord, to repent of their sins and be baptized today in your precious name. We'll remember to give you the glory, the honor, and all of the praise. And let everyone say, in Jesus' name. Before you're seated, I just want to read to you that 21st verse of the fourth chapter of Romans and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform I want to minister to you from this thought God is able to do what he said he will do turn to the person next to you and say God is able amen you may be seated God is able to do what he said he will do. How many of you know that we live in a day in a time of unprecedented power? Somebody shout power. Many engines power race cars hundreds of miles per hour. Pull freight trains that are literally miles in length. Lift up gigantic planes off the ground carrying hundreds of passengers with their cargo, hurling tons of sophisticated scientific equipment into outer space. By harnessing the power of the atom, we've created enough energy to light entire cities, enough energy and weaponry to annihilate many at the same time. Power is something We're not just beginning to understand. Throughout human history, mankind has stood in awe before the mighty power of the natural elements. Light, so bright and so powerful, it can blind us. Water, so powerful, it can wash away whole cities. Wind, so powerful, it could topple brick and steel buildings fire so powerful it can melt rock we know what power is athletes are also power conscious don't believe it baseball has its power hitters football has its power runners basketball has its power forwards athletes are wanting this kind of power weightlifters are told or said to be some of the strongest men in the world. Athletes in every sport are striving for greater power to establish new world records. Power is something with which we are familiar with. We can grasp its significance. At least we think we can until we come to God then suddenly our minds are boggled. He claims to be all powerful, which he is. And that defies our imagination and our intellect. So now my brothers and sisters, guests and visitors, add to the power of the world's greatest athletes, to the power of the world's natural elements, to the incredible power God has developed man through science and technology. That's the power that God has given man. But did you know this? Even if you add all of those things together, they don't begin to approach God's power. In fact, he himself is the source of power. All power. Not only in the physical realm, but also in the spiritual realm we are looking at and we are observing power where the true nature and extent of power eludes our understanding god is omnipotent somebody say what does that mean i'm glad you asked when you say omnipotent it means that god possesses infinite complete and perfect power He can do anything he wants to do. Absolutely anything. None of us can make the claim of that. Our capabilities are limited at best. But God is able to do anything he wills. We sometimes use the term power to refer to God's authority or his prerogative, if you please, to do what he pleases. But that's more accurately meaning his sovereignty. Power refers to his strength to act, his ability to perform, and that is the kind of power God's omniscience has. He's able to do anything he wants to do. One of God's names. And he reveals this name as he's talking to Abraham. So so let's go back to the text, if you would, in Genesis, the 17th chapter. But but actually, uh, there's an encounter that he has with him before then. If you were to go to Genesis, the 11th chapter, the last three verses, you hear what where Abraham's father, Terah, is leaving his home country, and he's taking Abraham, Sarah, his nephew, Lot, and they're moving out of the land. And then the Bible says he goes to a place, and he dies there. But Abraham continues to move forward, and he begins to hear from God. I want you to know sometimes you need to understand that although you may be old, And never have encountered God. You've never had a relationship with him. God can meet you right where you are. Whatever age you are. If you do and run the numbers. He's about 75 years old. When he first hears from God. In Genesis the 12th chapter. Verses 1 through 3. And it says. Now when the Lord has said unto Abram. Get thee out of thy country. And from thy kindred and from your father's house. Unto a land that I will show thee. Somebody say he hadn't showed it to him yet. See, there's an element of faith that you have to walk in. The Bible says that we walk by faith and not by, talk back to me now. I need you to understand that Abraham didn't know nothing about God. But all of a sudden, God begins to have this encounter with him, and he begins to tell him what I'm going to do for you. Verse number two, and I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So actually, this is the very first time where Abraham is hearing of this covenant or this promise that God has that he's given him. And then when we go over you'll find he reaffirms this in the 15th chapter of Genesis. And and sometimes God has to tell us something more than one time for us to be convinced. Anybody here know that? Anybody God had to tell you a couple of times that, hey, I'm with you. I I told you I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I told you that I'll be that friend that sticketh closer than the brother. And he has to remind us. So he's now having his first conversation with this man in his 70s. He's 75 years old, but now God, again, begins to reiterate to him in the 15th chapter at the fifth verse. And he brought him forth abroad and said, look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. Here he goes again. I'm letting you know you're going to be a father of many nations. They're going to be so thick. Just look up at the stars. Can you count them? Then another place he says, look down at the sand. It'll be as the sands of the sea. You can't number them. And now we find where he's affirming him in the 17th chapter. And let's go back there. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and he said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Now. The first time he encounters him is when he's 75. Now it's almost he's another 25 years older. And God is reestablishing, reaffirming, I've got this agreement, this covenant, if you please, with you. And he says, and I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thy seed. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. Let me just pause right here. That's why when you get saved, a lot of the hood names go out the window. People might still know you by A.K.A., but now you're Brother Gerald. And, and it's something, like when I was just Gerald, it was one thing. But when he said, Brother Gerald, I'm telling you, I went to a whole new level. He told him, you won't be Abram anymore, but you're going to be Abraham. And there's some benefits that come with a name change. Oh, I wish I had me somebody to agree. There, there, there's some benefits that come when you have your name changed by God. And we find him now receiving this. And he says in verse Number five, neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee an exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and the king shall come out of thee. Wow, God is making him some serious promises. He's making some serious commitments to this man called Abraham now. One of God's names, he tells him here that he's able to do what he said he would do and a name that he first revealed right here in the 17th chapter. So we find God, he makes Abraham a promise that he would be a father of many nations. Now, let me ask the question. How many of you know that we need, in order to be a father, we at least need to have at least one child? Up until now, Abraham has none. But how many of you know that God is able to do what he said he would do? Oh, hallelujah! Please turn to that person next to you and say, God is able. You see, though. The whole idea seems rather preposterous. Here we see Abraham right here. He's now 99 years old. His wife Sarah is 90. And humanly speaking, it's not even possible that that could happen. There's no possible way that they could have a son. But how many of you know that things that are impossible with man are possible with I'm telling you, it's possible with God. God is able to do what he said he will do. He's El Shaddai. El Shaddai is God Almighty, the God who can do anything he wants to do, even if that means bring life out of a dead womb. That means giving a baby to a man and woman that are in their 90s. God can do that. Oh, yes, he can. Now, perhaps somebody here today, somebody sitting in this service, you're hearing this word, but there's something inside of you simply because you've had people disappoint you. There are people that have promised you things. And now you're disillusioned because of your experience with folk, with people who have promised you one thing and delivered to you absolutely nothing. Now you have this tendency to transform your skepticism to God as though it was him. And you might be sitting there and saying within yourself, Does he really care? Is he really in control? Oh, yes, 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 my brothers and sisters. He is able to do what he said. He did something here for Abraham and Sarah. But I submit to you, God is able to do the same thing he did for Sarah and Abraham for you. God is able to do whatever he needs to do in your life and in your situation. No other being is all-powerful. No problem is all-powerful. There is only one who is all-powerful. And his name is Jesus. God is the only one that's all-powerful. And he's on your side. Somebody ought to be encouraged. You got him on your side. Only God is powerful. Only God is able. God specializes in making ways out of no way. I wish I could get me somebody right here that please help me. Have you ever had a situation? I wish I could just boom. Moses, would you tell him? Moses would tell you, listen, when I made my exodus out of Egypt, me and the gang, a million thick, We had in front of us the Red Sea and back of us was Pharaoh's army and to the right and to the left were mountains all on the side of us. And what did God do? He made a way out of nowhere. Turn to somebody and say, won't he do it? I'm te- he will make a way out of no way. I don't care what your situation appears to be. Don't care how long you've been in it. I'm telling you we serve a God that is able to do above, abundantly, exceedingly, all that we can even ask or think according to the power that worketh within us. All you have to do is turn your Bible and there. Accounts after accounts of God making ways out of no way. When we find the three Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace, and I want to tell somebody, I want to speak to somebody's issues right now. You're not in this thing by yourself. Remember I said God is by your side. God is on your side. God is before you. He's after you. And how many of you know that when you are in your fiery furnace, You're not in there by yourself. According to the scriptures, when the king had them cast into the fiery furnace, he had them heated up seven times hotter than normal. The men that threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fiery furnace, they were burnt up. How in the world does this happen? The people that were meaning you harm, they got taken out. And they throw you in the fire. And I want to tell you one thing. The Bible says this, that the fan is in his hand. So no, no matter what the fiery furnace is like, you should have the comfort and the consolation that God is in there with me. <laughs> see, see, because, oh, you don't believe me? So now the king says, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I need you to go check out who's in the fire. And they look, and they said, king, is four in the fire. He said, wait a minute. Didn't I tell you to throw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Who is this fourth person? They said, we looking, and it looked like the son of God. So wherever you find yourself in the midst of your troubles, in the midst of your situation, God is there. Now, I know you say, I can't see him, and I can't feel him. Y'all, just like that little boy flying the kite. And it goes so high, and after a while, it's not even visible anymore. Somebody walked by and said, son, what you doing? He said, I'm flying a kite. He looking up. He said, I don't see no kite. He said, no, there's a kite up there. He said, how do you know there's a kite up there? He said, because every now and then, I feel him tugging on me. See, every now and then, I, I hope that you feel God's moving. Oh, yes, you can. Can you feel God moving? Can you feel God's and now if you don't feel it, I'm not asking you to fake it till you can make it. I'm telling you, you need to get God back in your life so you can feel the Shekinah glory, so you can have the presence of God in your life, directing your footsteps. You've got to be able to know that you know that he's with me. I haven't said this, but it's worth reiterating. Some of y'all, y'all really don't get it. Just because you don't feel saved don't mean you ain't saved. Just because you have a bad hair day, and we know some of us have that. I don't have that problem anymore. Thank Jesus. Thank you. But some of us, we we still have that situation. And then we determine now God is not with me because I don't feel him right now like that. I'm telling you, we got to get to a place where we know God will do just what he said he will do. Continue to flip the Bible and you'll find other accounts. But I want to close with this. I don't know what he said to you in your personal time with him. And I do pray that you all have a personal time where you get off, shut down the noise, cut off the social media, and listen to what that still small voice is saying. Some of us, we don't hear from because we're crowding them out. we just like those little kids. He's trying to talk to you, and you just not trying to hear him, not trying to allow him to communicate to the issues of your heart. And you know you got some heart issues. That's why you act like you act. Because there's some deep-seated-rooted issues that you've never dealt with. I was preaching about a week ago, and I mentioned this, and, and it's worth reiterating. One of the reasons why we don't get a lot of the issues out of our life is because we don't deal with the root of the problem. We look at the fruit, which is the manifestation that comes from the root, but we don't deal with the root issue. And I promise you, if you pull up the root of any plant, you stop the growth. You kill it. You destroy it. I wish to God somebody get the revelation spiritually. I could kill some of that junk in my life if I just deal with the root. If I just pull the root up, it'll kill it. And I won't be dealing with that mess no more. I won't have that affliction anymore. I won't have that anymore in my life ruling me. Because I understand if I get to the root, it'll kill the fruit And the fruit is the manifestation of what's going on in the root. As we continue, the Bible is full of accounts where God said that he would do something, and he does it. Let me end as we we look at Genesis 18, Because there there were some times that he had to go back and reiterate to Moses, I mean, excuse me, Abraham and Sarah about where they were in life. In Genesis 18 and 9, the Bible says, and then he said unto him, where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, behold, she is in the tent. And he began to say unto him, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. In other words, she is in a place now in life where it's all bets off. Ain't no way in the world you're going to have a child. You have passed that season of your life and how many of you know that God allows some stuff just so he can get the glory see cause if it was some of us we would pop a blue pill in our mouth and say, man I still got it going on I got it uh uh-uh, uh no 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 God waited good until she couldn't bear children anymore that's what the scripture says she was beyond that point and now she can't have children and she's in the tent and she hears God tell Abraham this and this is for all y'all people that don't really believe that God hears you before you even say it because it's in your heart and she begins the Bible says she laughed within herself now you know how sometimes we chuckle within ourselves we, we don't want nobody to hear us so we, it's down in the inside we, we're not laughing out loud wasn't like, <laughs> oh, I know he ain't say that I know he ain't going there with me on that no uh uh-uh she did it within herself and then god said to abraham why did sarah laugh he says sarah laughed yeah she said how can i have pleasure with my husband and we produce a child those times are gone and so she laughed within herself so god questions abraham and he said how How come Sarah laughed? Then he asked her. And then Sarah denied and said, oh, I wasn't laughing. See, some of y'all, y'all say some stuff in your heart. And God knows it. Some of you have already declared what you cannot do. But my Bible tells me I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. You see, but if you began to have that negativity, in you and you begin to birth it it births in a thought how many of you know after you think on something you act on it and so you start acting like a loser with a capital L you start behaving like a loser you start speaking like a loser so Sarah why why did you laugh oh I I didn't laugh oh yeah yes she did yes she did And you would think that would be it. He's promised them when he first met him in the 12th chapter. He reiterated in the 15th chapter. Now he's doing it again in the 18th chapter. But listen to this, and I'm closing. In the 21st chapter, this is what the Bible says And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said (laughs) i told you god is able to do what he said he will do and the lord did unto sarah as he had spoken see i want somebody to understand what you speak out of your mouth changes the atmosphere if all you do is you blankety blank blank you change the atmosphere. If all you speak they ain't nothing, you change the at- Oh, I'm talking to a spirit now. I'm telling you, you speak things into existence. This is what he said. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abram a son in his old age. At the set time. <laughs> Somebody said, well, I've been going through this for a minute now. You know, modern day vernacular. I'm here with y'all. I've been going through this. But did you ever ask yourself, is it my set time? See, because they now... Literally, he's 100 years old because it takes a year to conceive, nine months. So when he said that she's going to conceive, he was 99 and she was 90. And so it took almost a whole year. But God said, don't worry. In the set time. Anybody wondering when's your set time? <laughs> Let me say like Galatians 9 and 6. Let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season. See, everything in God is set up in times, in seasons. And if you have been dealing with and going through something and it's been a minute, I just want you to be encouraged. God said that settles it. God can do what he said he will do. He's able. And I'm saying to you, In that set time, that's when Sarah conceived. Not a minute before, not a minute after. But in that moment in time that he already orchestrated that this will be your set time when I'm delivering you. This will be your set time when I'm bringing you out. This will be your set time when I fill you with the Holy Ghost. It's your set time. So now, After all of the reiteration from 12 to 15 to 17 to 18, now we find in 21, And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God has spoken to him. I want everybody to stand.
0: Thank you, Father. I gotta give you thanks Because, Lord, everything that you have done, I didn't look at it now. I thank you, Lord, for the release of every chain. Everywhere I go, God, I gotta give you praise. Because you have heard my cry. We have been smothered by the grace of God, and it has brought us joy. Therefore, Lord, we was able to make a joyful noise in this city. We have learned to forgive. And with that in mind, God, I just can't stop praising you. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise.